Hey, are you into werewolves, mad scientists, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. No shit. He actually said that? Oh, dude, man, you, I'm sorry. I, I got to start the show, but Mike, Mike, thanks for coming by. Look, I'm going to be honest. I didn't expect to like you. I thought you were a scumbag. But uh, good luck in jail, buddy. All right? Wow, I, I didn't expect that. The following podcast contains... Can't fire a guy for cursing. No, I, I'm not upset by cursing. I, mean, I love cursing. I love it. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When I had to eat my lunch with my comb, what the hell were you thinking, Gavin? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, March 1st, 2019, Horrible Bosses edition of the show, where we talk about all the bad bosses we've had before. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Are You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Ebenezer's Employment Emporium. Are you looking for a pliant, supplicant, underling to be abused and tossed aside when they are no longer useful? Look no further than Ebenezer's. Our lackeys, lickspittles, and minions are a pack of spineless wonders who will absorb any abuse you heap upon them without question or complaint. Are you beset by employees who want input in their work, ask annoying questions, and bristle when you bark orders? Fire them all, the ungrateful wretchers, and give Ebenezer's Employment Emporium all your problems, and they'll be solved. Ask about our Union Buster Special, a total staff replacement with the finest scabs and a dozen ex-Pinkerton Strike Busters, all for one low fee. Ebenezer's Employment Emporium, when you just want your staff to shut up and get back to work. Bark out, Ebenezer's. You just murdered one of your employees with a trident. <laughs> you know what? Just work here, okay? Take some time to weigh the pros and cons. Pros, you'll be working for a slightly above in-flight magazine for 22-4 a year. Cons, me kicking you till there's blood in your stool, uh, and then grabbing your wife's boobies while uh, you're tied up with a racquetball shoved in your mouth. Now balance it out and just think about it. I, don't, I just don't think I want to work here. Fair enough, yeah. Ordinarily, I'd whip your nuts with a car antenna for that kind of okay, attitude. But you thought about it and you don't want to work here. Hey! You get back here! Hey! I've talked about some of my bosses before. I mean, I've told you all about the commander in the Air Force that I actively contemplated shooting with my duty weapon when he would chew my ass. There was Dr. Giggles, the board-certified asshole that demeaned me in front of his clients until he was nanoseconds away from getting a well-deserved punch in the fucking face when he did it in front of said clients. I am a peaceful man. But you know what? I, I don't think I ever discussed Herr Doctor, the last veterinarian I worked for before leaving the field forever. Herr Doctor's medical specialty was apparently being bipolar. Now, I don't say that to besmirch people who actually suffer from the, the medical condition of being bipolar, but when I say that she's bipolar, it's that it's far nicer than the words I want to use to describe her actual behavior, which uh, I guess rhymes something with like, Well, I'd love to stay in chat, but you're a total bitch. Yeah, something like that. 
Herr Doctor would vacillate wildly from total sweetness to spittle-inflect rage at least eight times a day, and while I only worked there about three months, I could never quite see what actually triggered her rages. Oh, yes, I could. It would be any slight deviation from the very German plan she laid out for the day. Now, for those of you who have never worked in veterinary medicine, they are these people called clients. And they frequently expect that you, a business, to accommodate their request for services in exchange for currency. Now, sometimes these clients have what they call emergencies, even though quite frequently what they consider an emergency is actually a not. But no matter how calmly and reasonably you try to explain this, they are incredibly worried about their pet and will run into the hospital and reasonably, I think, expect an actual doctor to see their pet. They do this more or less at random, but it happens every fucking day. Yet Herr Doctor would fly into wild rages when this transpired and took it out on the person working the front desk, who, being me, and who, being anyone, could not prevent said client from walking in the front door with their pet seeking medical care. After screaming at me and the other staff, Herr Doctor would then go into the exam room and frequently scream at the client. What are you doing, dumb cop? For the life of me, I do not know how this woman stayed in business. Needless to say, Herr Doctor's staff turnover was quite high. The breaking point with me was at my three-month review, where I was actually told that I just weren't picking things up very quickly. Which is odd, because no one had actually tried to train me on how they wanted things done, so, you know, it's hard to imagine how that wouldn't happen. Anyway, she told me, quote, either you are very dumb or very lazy. You don't appear to be dumb, so I'm going to be nice and say that you're lazy. Jeez, what a bitch. The day after this review, I had an interview for a job totally unrelated to veterinary medicine, and they hired me on the spot starting the following Monday. As I walked out of my soon-to-be new job, I dialed up my old job and quit on the spot without notice. This left them in quite the lurch as they had no one to do my job because so many other people had quit. They uh, begged me to at least work the weekend, to which I replied, hmm, I don't know. I may be dumb or maybe I'm lazy, but uh, I do that I'm know that I'm not dumb enough to come back there and work this weekend. She started screaming on the phone about never working in veterinary medicine again. And I replied, yeah, you know, that's the fucking point. And then I hung up. It was a petty revenge, but sometimes I can be a petty person. Now me, I consider myself a great boss. I mean, I treat Gavin like the son I never wanted and I never had. Tell him, Gavin. Tell him how I'm a great boss. <laughs> oh, oh, I see someone wants to spend their weekend cleaning the studio toilets with a finger brush again. I'm a prince of a person to work for. All of this brings me to the topic of the week, finally. Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar, who wants to be president. Klobuchar, who is an excellent senator, a 12-year veteran, she's widely liked in her home state, a moderate liberal who likes to trade on her Midwestern roots and values, and has a solid track record of actually getting things done in a notoriously gridlocked Senate. All in all, she's got a lot going for her as a candidate, and has a decent chance of getting the Democratic nominations and the makings of, I guess, a good president. There's only one problem, though. Amy is a, what they call, Minnesota nice. 
which if you uh, know anything all, at all about Minnesota, it means... Not very nice at all. Minnesota nice means that on the service you're polite, friendly, and open, but underneath, according to none other than the Minneapolis Star Tribune, quote, there's a massive dose of passive-aggressive behavior that can be absolutely befuddling, unquote. Or if you prefer something more prosaic, here's what Urban Dictionary has to say about Minnesota nice. Quote, fake, phony pretense of niceness towards someone for the purposes of avoiding confrontation or conflict, but then proceeding to use sneaky, dirty, backstabbing tactics to, to, to attack the person behind their back, unquote. All of which is brutally unfair to Senator Klobuchar. According to her staff, she does not put forth the pretense of fake niceness whatsoever. If anything, she does the opposite. She's a brutally shitty person to work for. From the New York Times, quote, Many of these former aides say she was not just demanding, but often dehumanizing. Not merely a tough boss in a capital full of them, but the steward of a work environment colored by vol uh, volatility, high-handedness, and distrust. She sounds nice. More from the Times, quote, She was known to throw objects in frustrations, including binders and phones, in the direction of aides, they said. Low-level employees were asked to perform duties they described as demeaning, like washing her dishes or cleaning, a possible violation of Senate ethics rules, according to the veterans of the chamber. But hands down, my favorite story about Amy is the salad comb. Again from the New York Times, quote, An aide joining her on a trip to South Carolina in 2008 had procured a salad for his boss while handling their bags through the airport terminal. But once on board, he delivered the grim news. He had fumbled the plastic eating utensils before reaching the gate, and the crew did not have any forks on such a short flight. What happened next was typical. Miss Klobuchar berated her aide instantly for the slip-up. What happened after that was not. She pulled a comb from her bag and began eating the salad with it, according to four people familiar with the episode. Then she handed the comb to her staff member with, an, with, a, with a simple directive, clean it, unquote. I quit. It's not clear from the article whether the staff there was forced to lick the comb clean or was able to use a handy wipe, but either way, a please might have been nice. Now, there are two prevailing defenses for Amy's bad bossing. The first defense that this is not remotely out of the ordinary for a politician to behave this way. Indeed, having a staffer clean your comb pales in comparison to forcing your staffers to watch, watch you whip out the old presidential pin and take a piss. Excuse me while I whip this out. Something LBJ did on a daily basis. Bill Clinton, who also had a problem whipping it out, was famous for his, quote, purple rages, unquote. Clinton press secretary Dede Myers said of his famous temper, quote, but in a way it was impersonal. He was kind of letting off steam and a lot of ranting and yelling at people. But it wasn't like you were an idiot. A lot of politicians are known for totally berating people in really personal ways. He wasn't like that. It was hard because he wanted things to be done that a lot of the times the staff didn't think should be done. While we were trying to stay the course or follow through on a strategy, something would go wrong and he'd want to change it in his morning purple rage. And so a lot of the times it was difficult to kind of hold the line against what he wanted at that moment, unquote. Now, that's one defense. The second defense is that criticisms of Amy Klobuchar's management style are sexist. <laughs> no, I'm not. 
From an article in Vox, quote, Klobuchar's critics are angry about emails and binders and forks, and whether or not they admit it to themselves, they are angry about something more fundamental. Klobuchar is breaking the rules. She wants, she puts her ambitions, her work and herself first, and as she pushes ahead in her ambitions, the criticism has become more ferocious. Nothing draws fire like a woman moving forward, unquote. But the staffers who are complaining are by and large women. And women who are quick to point out that they themselves are feminist. And their complaints are about the Klobuchar the person. Klobuchar the boss. Not Klobuchar the woman. One staffer said it, uh, the issue in Huffington Post, quote, None of what we are saying has anything to do with Amy being likable or emotional or whatever nonsense people throw out at women, said a former female staffer. It's that she's a terrible manager and abusive to her staff. I can't emphasize enough there's a big difference between demanding and being abusive, unquote. As for this podcaster, I will say there is always an element of sexism when it comes to women politicians, they, and they are measured by any standards unfairly. Yeah, you tell him, boss. But that doesn't mean Amy Klobuchar isn't a total fucking asshole to work for, and we should consider that when it comes time to vote. Whether or not she's a woman is kind of fucking irrelevant in this issue. He doesn't know what he's talking about. I've worked for hundreds of people in my life, from a one-person business to the military to mega corporations and even big money finance. And if there's one thing that I've learned... And Biff can't keep a job to save his life. Finger brushing the toilets, Gavin, all weekend. If there's one thing that I've learned is that the world is full of asshole bosses and learning to cope with them is one of the defining characteristics of adulthood. One of the things that make people become bosses in the first place, however, is their ambition. And ambition and being an asshole is a Venn diagram circle. The qualities that lead you to management are quite similar to the qualities that make you a raging prick. Going hand in hand with ambition is ego, and if someone is ambitious and egotistical, they are almost certainly an asshole, and they are almost certainly a politician. So yep, being an asshole can put you in a leadership position, but it almost certainly means that you are not a leader. Because leadership requires something else. It requires empathy. Let me tell you about one of my good bosses. Let me tell you about Lieutenant Colonel Lawrence Rocky Lane. Colonel Lane was my commander during my year at Kunsan Air Base in South Korea. Kunsan was, before the Forever Wars, one of the few remaining war postings in the United States Air Force as Korea is now, as it has, as it has been, on the knife edge of a hot war. Rocky was a hard-charging, gung-ho, get-up, kick-ass, take-names-and-fight-the-fuckers kind of commander, and he expected us troops to do exactly the same way. Rocky was the antithesis of a certain young airman who enjoyed soft living, cold beer, and, win and warm women. But that young airman would have walked through hell and fire for Rocky, and he would do so without question, and he would follow that fucker in combat, and that was saying a lot. And that young airman's name was Stephen Witterstam of Quincy, Massachusetts. No, I'm kidding. It was me, all right? 37 years later, 37 years later, I think enough of Rocky Lane that if he showed up at my door right now, slapped a gun in my hand and said, follow me, my fat ass would be out the door before I put shoes on. He was able to inspire this kind of loyalty, this kind of motivation, because you never felt Rocky looked upon you as a disposable asset. You were a goddamn human being. He had high expectations of you, and if he fucked up, he was going to be hard on you, but he always respected you as a human being. Even if he was chewing your ass for some dead thing you did, he was doing it to teach, not to humiliate you. And that, that is what leadership is all about. 
Compare that to someone who degrades and insults their employees, who assigns them menial tasks and berates them when the task isn't performed to their unspecified yet incredibly exacting criteria. Someone who throws things at anger. Someone who demands your total obedience and then undermines you when you seek to move ahead in your life. Someone who flies off the handle when something out of anyone's control goes wrong and then blames you for it when it does. That isn't leadership. That's being a fucking asshole. And that is exactly what Amy Klobuchar, who wants to lead the United States of America as president, does to her staff. She hasn't even really disputed it, calling herself a tough and demanding boss. No, Senator, Rocky Lane was a tough and demanding boss. You're just a fucking asshole. And you know what? We've already got an asshole in the White House. I don't think we are looking to bookend them with another one. I think Klobuchar's behavior towards her staff has a direct correlation to what kind of president she would make, and we should take that into account when it comes time to vote for our next president. That's all I'm saying about her. And you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and step in this landmine right here and say this as well. I would rather work for a dozen asshole men than one asshole woman. You've done it. Now you've done it. I have. I'm going to double down thusly. When you're a man and you're working for a man, we all know that if you cross a certain line in your assholeism, there's a very real and tangible chance that you'll get a well-deserved punch in the fucking face. Like Dr. Giggles when he had to see how far he could go before seeing the red line of my turning purple and clenching my fist before he scurried for safety. But Hair Doctor knew that no matter how big of an asshole she was, I wasn't going to punch her in the fucking mouth. And by God, I wanted to. But as a general rule, women never have to worry about crossing the red line because we live in a society where things aren't done. Let me, of course, break here to say unequivocally I acknowledge that women are constantly abused and assaulted in this society and that I'm grossly overgeneralizing. That being said, what I remain, what I said remains utterly true. Female bosses can push farther and harder because violence is not their go-to for resolving conflict. With men, violence is always an option when resolving conflicts. At the same time I was working for Dr. Giggles, one of my best friends was working for a tyrant. And we would meet at our favorite dive bar to commiserate over our horrible bosses. Her boss was a high-placed administrator at a university engaged in almost exactly the kind of behavior Senator Klobuchar is accused of. And though she had never heaved a binder across the room, she had done so much worse psychologically. The day that I came close to snapping on Dr. Giggles by delivered uh, by de- a delivery of a catered knuckle sandwich, we sat drinking morosely, and she looked at me and said, I wish that I had that option open for me. And it wasn't that she wouldn't have given a five-fingered resignation to her boss. It was that she felt that she couldn't. The five-fingered resignation wasn't even on the lunch menu. And I think it should have been, because if I were a woman working for her boss, lunch would have been served because that woman richly deserved Miss Fist to the fucking face. And I know I'm oversimplifying everything about the work dynamic, about gender and power, how women working for an asshole man come with a cornucopia of complications based around behavior, and none of this is apples to apples. I'm speaking just for me when I say that I truly believe if your boss is a raging asshole or a vicious bitch, that it should be allowable to punch them in the fucking face just one time to teach them that you can only push an employee so far because we can't take it anymore and we come up with a fucking accommodation on their behavior. Violence is never the answer, but sometimes 
sometimes it could be really fucking cathartic. You best close the door to that booth right now, Gavin, before you embarrass yourself. I've seen you try to throw a punch. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That is it for our show this week. It's been a really strange week. I watched all five hours of the Cohen testimony on Wednesday thinking I'd talk about it tonight, but you know, we didn't really learn anything we didn't already know. Though it really does sound like Trump is a fucking prick to work for. But again, nothing we didn't already know about him. If you're not family, you're fucked. Actually, that's not entirely true because uh, look how he treats everyone not named Ivanka and the fam. And even that's loaded with some shit because he sort of really kind of wants to fuck Ivanka. God, I I can't believe that I, I say things like that about the actual president of the United States and that somehow they're not me being mean or vitriolic. They're kind of true. The world is far stranger now than I could have imagined. Speaking of imagination, you should rate and review this imaginary show, imaginary listener. It helps other imaginary people find the show. I read this week that the average listenership for a podcast, spread out all over them, and I'm going to talk about the podcast that people actually listen to, is 100 people. Meaning that if you guys work really, really hard and you tell all of your friends, we might need like 89 more people and we'll hit average listenership so rate and review the show people speaking of my uh, speaking of low up my low twitter follower count by following the show on the twitter machines at the hell underscored podcast it's not right for me to have more actual episodes of a podcast than i have followers on twitter are you people trying to tell me something all of the shows are on SoundCloud at the show name, and of course at whatthehellpodcast.com. So for me, Dave, number one boss Bledsoe, and producer employee of the month Gavin, who specifically requested and specifically wanted to say, take this job and shove it. He ain't producing here no more. The government went and gave him a green card that he was waiting for. Yeah, right, Gavin. We'll see you next week. And we'll see you all next week. You better not try to stand in my way as I'm walking out the door. Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more. I've been working in this factory for now on 16 years. And all this time I watched my woman drowning in a pool of tears. I've seen a lot of good folks die They had a lot of bills to pay I'd get a shirt right off of my back If I had the nerve to say Take this job and shove it I ain't working here no more My woman done left and took all the reasons I was working for Now don't you try to stand in my way as I'm walking out the door. Take this job and shove it.
I have no ending for this, so I take a small bow. <laughs> 